Hi, my name is Renita, and I am your host of the Be Your Own Kind podcast. My podcast aligns with idea of my blog of feeling comfortable with you. I'm excited to share topics and ideas with you today. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome. If you like what you hear and see, please subscribe to the Be Your Own Kind YouTube channel. And if you're listening to the podcast, please follow me. Also in the description box, you can find my Linktree link to all Be Your Own Kind related matters, such as the BYOK merch, where we sell items from t-shirts, sweatshirts, masks, and mugs. Also, you will find our website and the links to my social media. Also, we are always looking to collaborate with others, such as business owners, vloggers, bloggers, or just if you simply want to share your story. Last but not least, if you are looking to promote your business, Be Your Own Kind will gladly promote you. If you are interested in details, please email me at info at beyourownkind.com. Thank you for tuning in and for supporting the Be Your Own Kind platform. Hey lovelies, I do apologize as it has been a while. To be transparent, during this time of the year, I push harder than ever as it is around the anniversary of my maternal grandmother's death and the birthday of one of my paternal grandmothers who is also deceased. I know they will want me to keep pushing through, so that is what I'm doing. I am taking the advice I give to you all, which is feeling how you feel, but not allowing yourself to stay there. I would like to thank everyone that listens to the BYOK podcast, as our platform has hit a thousand listens. That is so exciting, right? So today we will be learning some financial tips from financial life coach Annette. She was once a former advisor turned life coach that now helps women build wealth and manage their money and teaching them both the art and science of money. Her tips has also helped me get $169 from my HSA. Like, that's super dope, right? So lovelies, there is some great financial information in this episode. So okay, let's take flight. Treasure Glitz customizes stem and stemless glasses mugs shot glasses you name it i love showing off my personalized glasses she has customized glasses for personal use and even for the be your own kind podcast customized drinkware is great for standing out at your event or relaxing in style at home so order your item by calling or texting 708-299-7555 or by visiting the treasure glitch well hi annette how are you I am fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty swell, pretty swell. And is, is it snowing where you're at? It is. Not like it is on the East Coast. I'm in Minnesota, so we're just getting the basic, like, six inches all year round. <laughs> six inches all year round? No, I'm exaggerating. Oh. <laughs> we'll say, like, at least half a year, yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. It's like eight, eight inches here, I think. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so yeah. Anyway, <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about yourself besides the snow. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so as you said, my name is Annette. I am a financial life coach and I am formerly a financial advisor. I have spent my entire adult life in the finance industry and now I have gone out on my own to coach women in wealth and 
better managing their money and creating a millionaire mindset. So I am all about helping women figure out how to learn about both the art and the science of money, which is a little bit different and more beyond the idea of just conventional financial advice. Which is needed because if you know the background, like the science of it, it makes more sense versus then you need a budget exactly. <laughs> Follow that budget don't distract from that budget you can't buy this you get like i can't live a life where i can't buy what i want to buy so <laughs> and that is so true and that is a big actually a big piece of my practice it's it's interesting that you bring that up so a big piece of my practice is actually helping guide women into a place where they can become intuitive spenders and it's a place where you don't have to have this strict budget or you don't have to feel like you're going into target with your calculator or your list all the time that you can go in without your list without your calculator and walk out without doing the walk of shame like that is the ultimate dream right and it's a method that i actually have used myself and i tell i kid you not Renita, I walk in to Target and I spend $125 like on the button without a list, without a calculator, no game plan. And that's my budget. Like that's my, in my mind, how much I want to spend. I walk in, I spend that or less. And I'm like, yes, it really is like magic because I've gone through this process of how to get to this point with, when it comes to my spending. That's incredible. Um, I, I never know how much I'm going to spend when I walk into <laughs> Target. <laughs> <laughs> it can be deadly right <laughs> it can and um what's even deadlier is i took your architect your money architect type uh oh did you website yes, yes. I'm, I'm romantic yes me too <laughs> yes and i tell you so many of my clients are romantic like we are the type where we're like i love to experience life like i just want to experience it all like that is how i want to live right Right. So what what um, for, for the people that haven't taken your quiz yet, what exactly is the romantic archetype? Yeah. So the romantic archetype is basically it's another word for saying the spender, but it's a be. I mean, the spender is basically the person who likes to spend money on things that bring them joy on things that are going to add value to their life. But there's also a lot of things out there that can bring you joy, especially when you have like the media and so our social media, Instagram and your friends, all of that stuff, just throwing pretty things in your face all the time. You're like, ooh, I like that. I like that. And then you go into Target. Oh my gosh. And Renita, talk about like makeup. I haven't done makeup since like high school, but I went in to get my nieces some makeup for Christmas. I walked into an Ulta. I was like, holy, first time I've ever been in an Ulta in my life. And that was this Christmas. And I was like, holy overload, like overload. If I would have done that younger before I started to create these better habits and this better mindset, I cannot, I can't even imagine how broke I've been. Like if, like if you walk into an Ulta, you're like, this is sensory to the, like the max. Like, I don't like, no wonder people, like I had like four, I took a picture. I had like five things in my bag or my butt. Um, my basket and mm -hmm. it came out to like 50 bucks i was like i'm gonna need to return some things like <laughs> mascara like what why much did i just spend on mascara we're about to go back to target um but the spender so those are the types of 
obstacles that I think spenders are coming up against and that romant the romantic archetype is coming up against. It's these obstacles of having the diff not being able to distinguish between what it is that aligns with like our value and like our true self and all these other pretty things that are coming at us. And we want to experience life. We want to enjoy it all. So we just kind of start shopping and spending. And that a lot of times means we start swiping the credit card and we just kind of go for it, right? We're like, it's a little bit like YOLO, it, you know, it'll work out. That's exactly my, yeah. <laughs> that's my mantra. You only live once. And you know what gets you in a store is the background music, like, cause it's all oh bouncy God. and you have your cart or your basket. And you're like, this is better than the club. Yeah, <laughs> like, blah, blah, blah. I'm gonna buy this, I'm gonna buy that, like. <laughs> it's amazing what they do, it really is. Yeah, it is, They they get, so what are the other money archetypes? Uh... Yeah, so the other archetypes, so we have, uh, oh my gosh, I'm probably gonna have to actually come up, pull up the list again. So we have uh, the, uh, actually hang on with me, Renita, because I, so I am an ADHD person, which means I'm very big picture and sometimes these details, I don't want to forget any of them. So bear with me just one second here. So in the other, and all of these archetypes too, I really, these, this is something that I ended up creating and uh, mapping out because of the fact that all of, and these aren't set in stone. So like, for example, you might be a romantic, romantic type today. And then if you were to take the test, let's say after doing some maybe adjustments with your money mindset, and you were to take the test in, let's say a couple of months, you may move into a, a different archetype. Here we go. All right, so the different archetypes. So like we said, there is the romantic and then there is the accumulator. So I mean, the accumulator is all about saving money. However, I think a lot of people don't realize that when it comes to your money mindset and it comes to your relationship with money, there is not only this idea or this faux pas being an overspender, but there's also the idea that you can underspend and it comes from the exact same feelings as the overspender. Like when you overspend your relationship with money, usually it has anxiety and feelings of angst because you're like, I'm spending so much money, sometimes more money than I have. And you're like, oh crap. And then underspending, you have those same feelings of like anxiety with money, but instead of spending your money freely you are actually hoarding it almost to the point of not enjoying life so that is another archetype that can show up quite a bit i think with a lot of people and especially it also depends on to the type of you know the environment that you grew up in and then the way you view money as far as like how you interpret the information the media is putting at us because the media can say like the economy is down and you know there's all these different things that are coming at us from the news and then that can start to drive these feelings of anxiety causing people to hoard all their money accumulate all their money instead of spending their money or using their money for investments let's say so saving money is great but even if you ask a lot of people in industry over saving your money like a basic savings account nowadays because of how quickly because of inflation it's not gonna do you any favors. It's actually gonna cost you money in the long run. So saving your all of your money in a basic savings account can actually be detrimental to your long-term financial success. So there's different underlying areas that can come up with that. So that's why it's good to be aware if you're an accumulator, getting clear on, okay, 
how much am I saving? How much do I need to save? And then anything above and beyond that, how can I like maybe invest that? Or how can I use that money to create wealth and put myself in a better situation financially? So that's really the big thing that accumulators come up to come up with and then you have the celebrity so the celebrity so the, the celebrity and the romantic are very very similar when it comes to spending habits however the romantic is more likely to spend their money on like a vacation a trip a con you know those experiences and the celebrity is more likely to give in to the Ulta trip, right? Like they're going to go buy the trendy thing. You know, the beauty guru has these new eyelashes or, you know, some Jeffree Star palette or I don't know if he's been, I don't know if he's been canceled yet. Jeffree, don't come for me. But like you're going to have the celebrity is going to be the one who wants to buy like all those trendy things. Like they are the epitome of a, kind of a shopaholic. They're very trendy and they're the idea of like keeping up with the Joneses. So when you, when you have the celebrity archetype, you're going to be coming up against the idea of thinking about like, why are you spending? Like, why do you need all these new trendy items? It now becomes a problem of quantity versus even quality like you're buying like more shoes than you could probably ever wear reasonably right or you're buying a purse using it once like fast fast fashion that kind of mindset um so that's, that's a celebrity. celebrities are they have a closet full of stuff that yeah they've never worn and they keep right. buying or, more stuff exactly and i'm like the um the other idea too is the uh the iphone celebrities are gonna have like the brand new iphone like they're gonna have a perfectly fine phone but the brand new iphone's gonna drop right. and they're gonna run and grab it right like and they're gonna or they're the type that go the celebrity can also be the type that goes into debt not just debt but underwater on their car loan so that's something new that's a new phenomenon that has been happening over the last couple of years is this idea we used to know about going underwater on our homes right where you owe more than the home is worth but now because of people trading in their cars and cars losing so much value and depreciating so quickly after you even drive it off the lot mm -hmm. and then you go back and you trade it in and you do it again with a brand even newer car and you lose all the depreciation well now people are becoming underwater on their auto loans so a celebrity is more likely to come up against situations like that and they may not even realize what's happening as they're doing it because they're like oh i want a new car i'm going to trade it in i'm not getting a second loan I can afford the payments until you know they get in an accident and the car is totaled and they have this now huge gap that they have to come up with because insurance company you know it will only pay how much the car is uh, worth at that moment not the loan yet there's a like, whole situation that can happen so that's just one example of um of when a celebrity will have kind of like their come to Jesus of like oh crap like what has been going on um and then the other archetype is going to be the alchemist so the alchemist is uh, the person who I uh, was thinking about calling this person also the ostrich. So they are the person that has their head in the sand. They have like Bob Marley's don't worry about a thing is like their life motto. Like that is their like theme song. They are the type who they don't worry about money and it's not because they necessarily have money, but it's because they don't want to deal with it. So they will probably be the type if you're an alchemist, it's likely that you're probably living paycheck to paycheck um, and you, you know, aren't sure why you probably don't have a very good idea of where your money's going, but you have a very, you know, you're more of the free spirit type. You're like, it'll be okay. Everything will work out. Um, but in reality, if you know, you're probably only one paycheck away or one of 
as I say, events like catastrophic event away from having like something bad really happen as far as, you know, you can maybe lose your home, have your car repoed, things like that, because of the fact that you don't have those emergency funds or you don't have that wealth created yet, or you just don't have those fundamental foundations that are needed to be financially secure. So that's, and you're not aware of it because you're just, you're completely like, I don't, blinders on, right? Like, I don't even want to know. Right. Um, yeah, there was a time I would get mailed and I just, it would just pile up. I wouldn't open it. Then I would get the phone call and I'm like, you didn't send me anything. And I mean, I have. Oh and like, is this your address? Yeah, this is my address. But mail like was caused anxiety. Like, oh my God, I just owe everybody. Where's the birthday cards? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I want I used to love mail as a kid, but when I got older, I'm like, oh, everybody just wants something from me. I know, and it's amazing, like, but it's amazing. That actually just happened to me where I'm like, oh, it's mail, it's just another, like, I can see my bill, I pay it online, like, it's just another bill, and it actually happened to me, though, good things can happen in the mail, too, so for all you alchemists out there, open your mail, because I actually decided not to open my mail, I opened for the last couple months for something, I just tore it up. And then this month I got a thing for my credit card saying, hey, did you, well, you haven't cashed your $220 check. And I'm like, what $220 check? I'm like, when did that happen? So now I have to wait because I have to like order a reissue because I ripped it up in one of those mail things. So check your mail. Good stuff can happen too. And I would have never known, but thank goodness they're like trying to get me to cash this check. Right. And they could have waited for it to expire. So. (laughs) No, they could have been like, snooze, you lose. Right. Um, so I will give them their credit there. Um, so, and then the last one is the money magnet. And I describe the money magnet as someone who um, is, they're the type that are, they're so generous. Um, they're willing to give you the share off their back. Um, and, but they are very, they do have the fi- foundation down when it comes to money. So they are a money magnet in the sense that they're able to use their money to work harder for them. They have that idea of how money works. Money, for some reason, flows easily to them. You know, maybe they're getting $220 checks. I'm not saying I'm a money magnet necessarily, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> not going to do my own home there yet. Um, but the money, and the money magnet also is the person who likes the finer things in life, right? So they're like at this place where they're ready to now, they've got the foundations done, but they're ready to kind of like up level their life when it comes to their finances. So as your majority majority is debt free, you aren't paycheck to paycheck, you have a little bit of, you know, emergency funds, like you are checking all the boxes, but now you're trying to figure out, okay, how do I up level? So maybe I don't have to work nine to five. How do I up level so I can retire early or I can live the life I want or the dream, you know, I want. So that's where the money magnet um, archetype is, is you're ready to take that next step. You're just trying to figure out how to build that wealth. So that's the ideal archetype right there. It is because there's only, you can only go up from there, right? Like you're at a place where you're like, I built my foundation. So now how do I create that next level of wealth? Like, how do I get that Bezos money? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to work towards that archetype. I'm going to keep taking this the quiz until. (laughs) Yes. Keep doing it. (laughs) Yes. So um, what is the largest myth about money? The largest myth about money. Ooh, that's a good question. So I'm going to say the largest myth about money is that it's hard. And I say that because I have, I've grown up broke. Like we, but this is why I say that's the largest myth about money because we were so broke that we were, we 
we're so broke that we had to be so resourceful. Like we were broke to the point where like, we couldn't get a credit card. Like we couldn't even get into credit card debt because we had already gone beyond that and no one would give us a credit card. They were like, no way. Like you're not, you're not getting any rights to borrow at this point. Um, so I think the largest myth though, is that money is hard is because I think when you're in this mindset of scarcity, like you're in this broke mentality, you think money is hard because you're in this state of survival. Like it's actually scientifically proven that like when your brain is in this state of survival, like that much stress, you literally cannot make great decisions, especially financial decisions, um, and especially for the long term. So the reason I say that is because I want people to start changing their mindset. Because if I look back, I'm like, money was hard, but yet we knew the eviction system, the emergency assistance system, like the back of our hand. Like we knew when we, we could go and ask for more assistance because we needed it. So like we didn't get to a place where we were homeless because we knew how to get money we knew when we needed to how to go and do that and the same thing is true even when i started out in um i started in banking at 18 and even at banking at 18 i you know was on my own no dependence just me but i still had this mentality that like i was broke i was bad with money and so but the thing is, is i had the resources like i knew how to make money happen if i needed to and i mean that's beyond like the pawning my dvds because that happened like we had a first name basis with the pawn shop for a little while but even outside of that it was the fact that i was able to say okay i know that my check won't get cashed for you know, three days. So if it's Wednesday, I get paid on Friday, I'll write the check for groceries at the gas station because they'll accept checks. I can get some gas, fill up my tank, get some groceries, and then hopefully it'll hit Friday when the money's in my account. So like, I think a lot of people though, when they're in this state of survival, they feel like they have to figure out how to live now and they put all their mental energy into those figuring all those things out but if you were to try and just take a moment like even meditate like take a moment to like take a breath and figure out okay how can i put that same focus and mental energy into creating money or into creating opportunities mm -hmm. and i get it like i like i just said like i was in the thick of it like it's hard when you're in the thick of it to be yes, able to yes. go beyond the next day and especially like I didn't have kids at the time but like I've seen my parents as a kid like seeing them struggle and I can't imagine now having my own child having to do that with the child so I, like I get it especially for the parents out there that like it's you have an extra level of pressure put on you that's putting you even further into this like what WTF like what do we do right. but again if you start to just think about all that mental energy you put into figuring out how to make it work now and to figuring out how to make your more money and create more opportunity like the I mean the opportunities are endless at that point I really believe at least yeah right I, I, I would leave you right because um maybe years back that's how it was for me like okay all right so these these bills are due we have this little money i was like the payment plan queen like i'm like everybody has a payment plan so you <laughs> yep. know if, if you catch them on this certain date they'll do this and they'll do that and this and it is it is mentally exhausting it's almost like a game yeah but that's the thing money is a game like you hear billionaires millionaires all these entrepreneurs and like bob proctor like all these people tell you it's a game life is a game money is a game we just need to figure out how to put ourselves how to play it exactly right. like i'm done playing this nickel and diamond bullshit like i need the hundos like how do we figure out how to play it that way
so where does one start um yeah to do that (laughs) absolutely so the biggest place to start is going to be with your mindset and i say that because again i've been in finance and conventional finance, so financial advisor, banking, loans, all of that for over a decade. And uh, the number one thing that's going to determine your set more than income, more than spending is your mindset. And the reason I say that is because I think a lot of people, they think more money is what's going to save me. I'm going to tell you that's not the case because if more money is what's going to save you, then why does every tax time you get more money and you're not in a better situation? Because I will tell you, we had three kids. So that child tax credit for my family, we were rolling in the dough. Like it was, it was like, I mean, one year, like it was when MySpace was around, like I took pictures with the hundreds, like, and lo and behold, like that was right in back. (laughs) But that was like, it's so funny too. Cause like, even talking about that, it was like, I took pictures with that to like flex. But it was literally rent and back rent that I was holding before we like stuffed it in the envelope and gave it to the landlord, you know, like it wasn't even anything we were going to keep. But that's what that's what I'm saying, though, is that we have been we are given all these opportunities where we are given money. But because we're not in the correct mindset, the money comes and it goes. But this is also good news because it shows you that money always comes in. Like you are always given opportunities to receive more money, whether it's a bonus, you know, your taxes, um, maybe a reimbursement from your health care. Like there's so many different scenarios where money is coming in, but you need to be able to start thinking about money differently and shifting your mindset now, because if you don't, you're just going to stay stuck in these same money cycles. So I actually coach my clients on uh, helping them move past these money cycles because my goal is to help my clients build wealth especially as a former financial advisor like I want every single one of my clients investing like I want to help you break through those mental blocks and that fear it when it comes to investing I want you to figure out how to invest and how to like work through to a point where you're like I'm confident in doing this and it starts by getting through these um, these different money cycles which is where you have to change your mindset so the money cycles are the debt cycle where, I mean, a lot of people unfortunately are familiar with that. It's where you rack up a ton of debt on your credit card, an emergency, something happens, um, and you know you pay it off then, or you make the minimum payment, and then something happens again, you go right back to the credit card. So you haven't, the reason you're stuck in the cycle is because you haven't done anything different to be able to support yourself when that same trigger happens. So every time that trigger happens, you go back to the same feeling, the same familiar routine. Um, And this is how it's going to be with all the money cycles. The other one is the paycheck to paycheck cycle. So this is when you are basically spending all of your money. You're not setting anything aside for savings and you're spending it before your next paycheck comes. Like you're just, so there's nothing left over or a very minimal leftover until the next paycheck comes in. And then the third money cycle that I talked to is the nine to five cycle. And this is a cycle that a lot of people ultimately want to get out of. It's the idea that you have to work to support the lifestyle you created. But the cycle happens is because we start out going to work with these like small lifestyles, right? When we usually, when we get out, get out of our parents' house or out of college, we get like a $600 apartment, or if you're in New York, maybe it's, you know, or LA, it's probably twice as expensive, but you get this apartment for a minimal amount. You go to work to support that lifestyle. Well, as you start to get raises, what do you do? 
you start to increase your yep you increase it to a mortgage you get a new car so now you're stuck in this rat race of you have to go to work to support the cycle that you create or the lifestyle that you created and you created this lifestyle so now you have to go to work you know like you just keep doing that so the nine to five cycle is one that everybody wants to get out of but the first step to start getting out of that cycle is you got to stop doing lifestyle inflation you got to stop the lifestyle creep so for example one way that me and my husband did this was i wanted to stay home with my son mm-hmm. when i was pregnant and we were searching for a new house because we were in a townhouse and we did want to do a single family home okay. i think that's very reasonable we were approved and we make less than a hundred thousand um, dollars right now as well as too so we were approved for like a six hundred thousand dollar house and we were like, what? We got a house half that. We got a house for under $300,000. Yes. And the reason that this is so important for people to start realizing is because of the fact that we were able to position ourselves where we were like, yeah, they'll approve us for this, but we comfortably will buy this. We were able to then purchase a single family home for under $300,000 and that is now our rental property. So we were able to leverage that excess that we didn't use on ourselves to create a new income stream to help support our lifestyle. Thing is, we haven't changed our lifestyle. I mean, I did have to get a new car because my car broke finally, but it wasn't I <laughs> like it was it was like we were like, yeah. So I did so we did have to get a new car, but it what we don't get brand new cars. And for people that do, that's fine as long as you're able to support that. My husband will probably never, or it'll be, I don't know, it'll have to be something extreme for him to allow me to get like a brand new spanking new car because he's like, it loses 20% after you roll it off the dealership like so but anyway so we got you know a new car so we had that little bit of a lifestyle inflation happen but when we even when we got that rental income nothing much has changed we now are just figuring out okay now how do we use that income to help us by creating more income streams like do we you know create another rental property and then also when you have a rental property you want to put some aside in case you know something happens and you have to repair stuff like we pride ourselves on being amazing landlords so i've been i've had i've been through i've been a renter and i've had a slumlord i will not be a slumlord i refuse to so yeah, so if anything happens and they tell us, I'm like, yeah, we will fix it. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad that you are not a slumlord. No, not at all. I won't do it. I won't. I'm like, nope. Well, it's an investment, you know, so you want to keep, especially if you have yeah. um, paying renters, you want to make sure they stay there as long as possible. Yeah. And we, <laughs> and our rental property is very nice. It's very pristine. And we want, you know, so we want to have renters that, you know, like that and appreciate the property as well. Versus like, I mean, think about it. If you live in a house that's crappy, you're less likely to take care of it. So if we provide them a house that's nice, then we hope that they would take care of the property nicely as well. Right. Well, these are some good tidbits. Yeah. I, um, I loathe car notes. Um, I know. So when we were getting like the stimulus and all that stuff, yeah, I paid those cars off last year. And Lucky. I, was, I was so excited. Yes. Because we, as we said earlier, I like the shop and the, <laughs> the car notes was messing up. That was crapping my style. I don't <laughs> like car notes. Girl, I'm with you. And it's interesting. <laughs> so like for me, my shopping is Target and Starbucks. 
Like I have the t- most toxic relationship with Starbucks. It's it's rough. I talk about it all the time. So if you love me, you want to gift me Starbucks. Like my family will gift me Starbucks gift cards. They're like, here you go. I'm like, they're better than cash for me, right? Like it's all about what we value. But it's but I bought their stock, so it's okay. Like I I own a little bit of the company. Yeah, like I I have to like if I go, I gotta go there. Um, but it's the same thing. Like I do Starbucks, and so I we've cut out stuff in other places so that way we can like balance out our lifestyle. Because like if you see my hair, like I don't. For me, I love my hair, but like the experience of getting my hair done isn't as much. But let me tell you, my eyebrows, like I love getting my eyebrows done. You know what I mean? But it's like because I've been able to like figure out what truly brings me joy and what do I really align with, which is really, really important for us romantics. And because I've been able to figure that out and like filter out like this other stuff, like the hair, like I'll do it, but I I like my hair color. Like I don't want to dye it necessarily. Like if I had the, maybe I would, but I don't want to, like, I'm fine with it. But my, like I said, my eyebrows, I'm like, I don't want to go without my eyebrows. I love, like, since I was young, I loved getting my eyebrows done. So. Oh man. <laughs> I'm just saying, I know. And I'm like, right now they're a little bushy. Like it's yeah. COVID, no judging ladies. <laughs> <laughs> so we know that it is the, it is a pandemic. Uh, we've been yeah. doing this since March of, of last year, probably earlier. We just knew about it around that time. Yeah. Right. Um, so, and I know people have been finding like creative ways of spending and trying to save money. Can you share any tidbits for saving money through this pandemic? Yeah, so for saving money through this pandemic, okay, so I will full disclosure, um, if you ask anyone, I am the type who, in order for me to focus my energy on saving money, it better be good. Like, I'm not, I'm, otherwise I'm going out and I'm figuring out how to invest, how to date, how to day trade, how to, like, how do I bring in more money? How do, you know, rental properties, all that stuff. So when I go to save money, it's gonna be good and it's gonna be quick. Otherwise, I'm not doing it. Like, it's not, for me, it's not worth spending three hours clipping coupons and finding the deals in order to save 10 bucks. Right. Like, that is not, no. Um, so, my favorite ways to <laughs> Yeah, like, right? Like, that's, no. So, my favorite ways to save money that I use on a regular basis are cash backups. So, I love cash backups. My favorite one um, is Ibotta. That is the one that is just, it's so easy. It's so quick. It doesn't take any like extra effort. And it's really good, especially during this pandemic. So I know you asked, you know, specifically during COVID how to save money, match it with Target promos. So Target always does promos where they're like, especially like I still have a toddler, but we're working on pie train. So he's still in diapers. So like, we'll do the diaper promos where you spend a hundred and you get a $30 gift card. Like that's $30 on groceries for free. And I'm going to use a hundred dollars worth of diapers. Like, and if I don't have to use them, I'm still grateful. So we're okay. Cause that means he's potty trained. So you know what I mean? Like it's okay. Um, so when you match, so Ibana has this really cool feature where you just add things in and I have saved our cash back. So it feels like I'm making money. It's also that mindset piece. I don't feel like I'm saving it. I feel like they're paying me. So you're in cash back. They deposit it into your PayPal account. I've racked up over the last, since 2019, over, um, $400 in cash back. And I don't use it. I don't use it as religiously like I'm again I have ADHD I forget things and I'm like going so fast um so like there's deals I've missed out on and like even though with me doing it very minimally I've still made so much money back and then 
Target has been my favorite, like I said, for the pandemic, especially like for these times when you're trying to save because you can buy in bulk, you can get those free promo gift cards. And then they have the feature where you can, if you have a credit, red credit, excuse me, a red card credit card, you can get 5% off. That's another 5%. And then they do coupons, but they're all digital. I love that. I just go to the Target app and I'm like, boop, 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 scan it and we're done. Like there's no paper. I don't have to print anything off. Like my print, I got like the $40 printer and like next time I'm investing in an expensive one because I can't figure out how to get it to regulate where it does a straight line anymore. It's, I'm like, so I wasted 40 bucks. Like learn my lesson universe. Thanks so much for that one. Um, so yeah, so I don't have time for that. So like, I really love it. I, and I have shared this method with a lot of people is doing the target, um, combination there. I mean, there have been times, a lot of times actually, where I walk out with a minimum savings, not including the gift card of like 20 bucks on diapers and on my hauls. I mean, I got diapers for, I think I put on my Instagram, it was like for 50 bucks um, and it was like $120 with the diapers after all combining all these savings very quickly. Again, like this has to be a very no brainer, little research, easy to do for me to put my energy there versus putting my energy into creating wealth understandable yeah so, <laughs> so i bought it so and then fetch rewards fetch rewards is super easy you just scan all your grocery receipts and you get free uh gift cards so you can redeem gift cards i use it for starbucks but you can use it for whatever how I do you spell fetch re how do you spell it uh fetch f oh, as fetch. in frank fetch okay. yeah okay fetch rewards okay yeah it's also like an app it's an app and all you do is you just take a picture of your receipt and you get points and then once you get to like 3,000 points, you can redeem it for your first gift card or you can save them up. I'm at like 16,000 and I'm trying to save it to the 25,000 because that's a $25 gift card. But again, it takes me like no time to do it. Oh, and the last thing I actually want to say that is for saving money that's really important with COVID. So this is much more COVID related is HSA. Um, so with the CARES uh, Act, or not the CARES Act, excuse me, um, with the, the act, the 2020 act with COVID, um, what happened is, is they actually extended what you can use your HSA for without a prescription and as well as for over-the-counter stuff. So I, I did do an article on it. I can give you that so you can link it where it describes like self-care items that you can use your HSA for. HSA is amazing because that's a health savings account and it's pre-tax money and you can use this to, so you're not paying for feminine care products. That was a huge one for women. You could not buy feminine care products using your health savings account. Now you can buy health uh, feminine products using your savings account, your health savings account, which is huge because you never want to be in the position where you're having to choose between diapers and tampons. Like, you know, like you never want to be in that position. And so that one I feel like was a big win for us ladies because it's feminine care products, period, panties. I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, but yeah, I know, right? And they even added um, acne medication. So if you've been diagnosed with acne and you have to do face, face, wash, excuse me, um, you no longer have to go to the doctor, get a prescription and for the over-the-counter just for proof. You can now do that without having to go to the doctor. You can go get like the Neutrogena as long as it's specifically for acne and then you can use your HSA money for that. So that'll also save you out-of-pocket money. And if you're not sure if you have an HSA or how to get one, it's through your employer. So you can always reach out to your employer, see what healthcare plan you're on and see if they have an HSA option. That's good to know. I actually have an HSA card and I'm like, okay, if I'm not sick, what do I do with it? So it's oh, good to know that I can yeah. um, purchase things. 
Yes, like we actually, and you can do reimbursements if you forget to use your card. I bought my husband Tums and I, I was like, Tums probably, probably isn't on it. So I didn't use the card. And then I looked and on the receipt, it'll tell you and it said RX HSA item and it, the Tums were on it. I was like, oh, rebate, please send me a $12 check. Thank you. Like, I'll take it. <laughs> oh, so I, okay. I have clearly I've purchased with my own money. So now I'm going to look up some receipts. <laughs> yes. If you, and that's the thing is HSAs are amazing because if you have the receipts for it. So I just did um, reimbursements uh, yesterday for receipts that we found from 2019 and 2018. So you can use it. You can hang on to your receipts and use them for future, um, as for reimbursements in future years. You don't have to do it in the year that you make the purchase. Okay, Annette, I like that. Yeah. So we found, so again, we found by doing that, we found another, it was another $350 total between all the receipts. And another thing you can do with your HSA, if you're like, oh, I lost the receipts, but let's say you got prescriptions from the, um, from the pharmacy, go to your pharmacy and ask them to print out a copy or a list of all the money that you spent. They can do that. So you can go if you were like, oh, I missed out for 2020. No, you didn't. Go to your pharmacy, tell them you'd like a printout of all the prescriptions and how much you paid and how much your insurance covered. And then they'll give you an entire list and it'll um, give you all of the different individual items and it'll total everything at the bottom. So you can still use that then to go request for an HSA reimbursement. Interesting. Do you know that I never thought to pay for my prescriptions with my HSA card? Yeah, so the light bulb well, just popped on the top of my yes. head. Yes, <laughs> and it's beautiful because how much money now is that like a year's worth of prescriptions? Right. Ask them to go back as long as they'll they can. Okay. And go submit all of those. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So we do have a BYOK staple question, and yeah. that question is: If you could describe yourself in one word, what would it be, and why? Oh, in one word. Oh, goodness. Okay. Um, if I could describe myself in one word. Oh, goodness. I guess it would be something along the lines of thought leader. Does that count as one word? Can I count it as one word? Yes. We'll put a dash. It'll be okay. A dash. I say thought leader because um, when it comes to finance, because of the fact of how I am looking at money and trying to help my clients look at money differently and changing our mindsets and our thought processes on how we look at it, how we use it, how we think about it. And then I also am very big on how do we combine this with our spirituality? Because I think a lot of people do want to feel like money is a good thing not all people with money are greedy right like whether you believe in the universe god um whatever you believe in you want to feel that money and your spirituality can go hand in hand and it can and so that's a big process with my coaching is helping people realize how they can build wealth and still wrap their heads around how to do it in a way that makes sense for them as well. So I think I think thought leader would be a good word to describe me and kind of the different and I say that too because I think finance the finance field in general we have all these different these different categories like we have the debt-free community we have the fire movement we have um we have, you know, saving money, budgeting, and then now you have these group, of, this group of people, which I would group myself into these people who are trying to help people figure out how to find wealth and prosperity beyond the money. 
but to have it with the money as well but trying to help people figure out how to again shift their mindset like my big thing is you can live your best financial life without making millions of dollars like hopefully you will make millions of dollars but you, again like i was saying earlier you you can't wait on the money to save you like let's figure out where how to get you to that wealthy life now so that way you can continue to manage your money as you're building that wealth and going even further on your financial journey that makes sense um changing your mindset about spending is equivalent to when you're dieting like you yeah. just have to redirect your perspective and your thoughts on it because of course um i can speak from from uh dieting you're anxious because now it's like i think when you're in a situation where you're being told what you, you cannot do mm-hmm. it makes you want to do it more so exactly. you're going yes. on a sugar detox and you didn't even think about sugar that much last week but this week because it's sugar detox you want everything like you want exactly. the cakes the cookies whatever and you're like no because because it's like when someone is restricting because we're adults so when you become an adult and you're past 18 no one's ever going to tell me what i cannot have mm-hmm. again. So you feel like, hey, I can live a life without restrictions. But then as with weight, as with money, with anything, it gets out of hand. And yep. then for the anxiety, you know, and the depression kind of sit in because it's like, oh, my God, I've, I've, oh, my God, I've just made a big mess of everything. Oh, my God, my light's about to get cut off, you know, because I Oh, my God, my car maintenance light popped on. Right. Yeah, just little stuff like that. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, I got a toe. Oh, my God, my my, uh, my wheel popped off. I got a call toe and... <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and you're not you're not ready for that. You know, you don't have that money. And so when normally when you don't have that emergency fund, you're taking from something else, like maybe a light bill or something, just to get yeah. that tire fixed. You know, yeah. I don't know what you're saying, yeah. light bill. Look but yeah. Resourceful you're being. Like right. and the- all of us have it in us to be resourceful and be creative it's just how are we going to use that ability to live that wealthier lifestyle and it starts with like you said the mindset and it's interesting that you mentioned like with dieting because as soon as you go on a diet and you start thinking about food then all you can friggin think about is food right and it's like with money when you don't have any money or you're trying to be restrictive all you think about is money so how do we when you're so that's what I help my clients do is figure out how do we switch that mindset so you're prepared and ready for when the money comes for when that next tax return comes how do we get you in the mindset now where you're not always thinking about money to the point of it's just devastating and debilitating and just paralyzing you so that way you're prepared mentally for when that money comes on how to spend it in a way that aligns with your lifestyle your values because I never tell anyone they should cut anything out and like and also again I help people figure out a way to intuitively spend money and people may be like what that's not possible but I'm like yeah it is like I'm proof that it is possible I cut for example by without creating a strict budget because again my ADHD if anyone has ADHD they're like I feel you because like it's really hard sometimes to be able to remember that oh I gotta you know do all this um reallocate you know check out my budget did it align like I get bored. I'm like, I'm done with that. Like, let me just take a look and do the high level overview. And that's what works for me. So I was able to, over a three month period, cut my spending from 12 or well, in a one month period, I cut it from 1200 to $800 without cutting out Starbucks. It was just because I was more mindful. So it was because I was like, okay, 
let's not go eat out, let's go eat at home, right? But I didn't have to like keep that diary budget. I was just able to become more mindful and it aligned my habits and the way I acted with what I wanted out of life. I was like, we spent a little much, I wanna get our budget, you know, spend 800. So I'm like, I'm just gonna start spending less. So it's all about planning. I go back to dieting, but meal planning. Yeah. It's, it's less taxing when you can just go in the refrigerator and pull it out. Just like it's less taxing when you're going shopping when you know exactly what you're going to spend, you yeah. know, beforehand. Yeah. And it's like, it's gotten to the point, like I said, I can go in without a list because I've gotten to the point where I'll, yeah, maybe I'll buy one or two things that aren't on the list, but I don't buy five or six or seven right. because I know that that adds up quickly. My husband has a funny story and I know we're probably coming up on time, but my husband always tells a funny story about the first time I went to Costco and he warned me before we went in because this was <laughs> in my throes of spending. And he was like, everything is $10. He's like, just so you know, everything is $10. Like I had never been into a Costco. Like that was luxury, right? <laughs> in my world. So we go in and I start tossing crap in the cart and he's like, what are you doing? I was like, it's only $10. Like it was like sensory overload, but it's the same thing. Like it's the quantity, it's the overconsumption that starts to add up. So when you find that balance, so I can go to Target and get my kid a toy every now and then, right? A $10 toy. And I still don't go over because I'm like, okay, we have less groceries. Like I've been able to mentally be mindful of that very quickly without having to do the list and be aware. And then when I do, you know, add another thing in, I'm like, this will probably bring us over so I can make that snap decision though right away to be like, okay, let's just put, you know, this back or we don't need this. So it's not, and I don't feel deprived doing it because it's, I'm able to get extra stuff. It's just, I don't get 20 extra things. I get one or two extra things. But it came with practice though, because I'm sure at first you used to have a list though, right? Yeah, I mean, so it's funny the list was so I didn't forget things but it probably helped me not to buy extra yes the list is mainly with me it's like I would go and my husband like did you get this and I'm like I'll be right back <laughs> no <laughs> so but yes yeah I mean it does take practice so like with my process when it start the way I have my clients um set this up is by basically creating a budget that mirrors your already existing spending habits and so what I have them do is I have them create, go do an expense audit. So take a look at their last 30 days of spending and categorize everything with no miscellaneous. And then what you do is you add everything up into all those categories. You're going to also find so much extra money because how many subscriptions are you subscribed to that you're probably not using or you don't value anymore with COVID especially, right? Like how many things are you like, well, I'm not going in for that massage or, you know, I mean, I mean, for us, it was like Netflix. I can't remember the last time we turned on Netflix. I was ready to cancel it. And then my husband found Cobra Kai and I was like, are you serious? So we still have Netflix because I think they're coming out with a fourth season. I'm like, this is insane. But that way, so then what you do is after you've created that list of all of the things that you're already spending, it's your natural spending habits, you just get out a blank sheet of paper, transfer all over all of the categories that align with your values and what you want to spend your money on and that are going to align with your financial goals. So if it's not aligning with your goals, you're just going to have to be really honest with yourself on whether or not that's important to you and you still want to put your money and your energy there. Because you got to remember, money is energy. Like you worked for that money. That is your energy and your time spent to get that thing. So if that's where you want to put your energy, absolutely. But then you just create that list. You transfer over all the categories you want, and then you just put in the amounts to make sure that you're not going into debt. 
And this is how you get to intuitively spending because you're already spending that way. You're just becoming more mindful of the quantity and how much you're spending in each category. Right. That that makes a lot of sense. And yeah. it's, it's the sale gimmicks, I think, that get oh most people. Because when I go into Torah, they're always telling me that if I buy two or more, then I get this yes. free, but I end up spending more yes. with that sale than the one thing I came in there with. So now I have this stuff that, that I have. Huge. I did not plan to buy. I went in there for something that was $20 and walked out spending $70 because I want to buy so many multiple items to get to get it free, but it wasn't free. I know. Well, and the <laughs> big thing is that I think I used to succumb to a lot was the buy two for like $6, right? Mm-hmm. And then I realized, I was like, what? If I only buy one, it's only $3. Like I don't have to buy two. Right. And major- majority of places, you don't have to. So if they have those deals, unless it's buy one, get one, or, you know, buy two, get one, of course. But if it's like buy two for six dollars if you buy half of the quantity you pay half of the price like you don't have to fulfill that quota but it's definitely how they get you to like quickly put two things without even thinking about it you're like oh it's a deal it makes sense like i'm saving money and it's like no you're not you're not spending more <laughs> yeah exactly gotcha. <laughs> so so where can everyone find you annette yeah, so I have, so you can find me, I have a podcast called Scared to Savvy. It is a finance podcast where I talk about your money and your mindset. Um, the goal is to help moms live their best financial lives. And then I also do have a Facebook group. It's a free Facebook group. I go live there and do weekly trainings every Tuesday. And I'm actually going to be doing monthly, free monthly workshops where we talk about your money mindset and the universal laws. So we just did January, which was the law of divine oneness and how to use that to help us increase our wealth and our um, better our money mindset. It'll be up for 30 days, so go sign up. Um, and then that is, uh, the Facebook group is called Financially Savvy Moms. And then you can also find me on Instagram at the Finn Savvy Mom. And then I have a website, the blog style is meant for financial education and resources called thefinsavvymom.com. Nice, and don't forget to take the um, the money archetype yes. quiz when you get on there, yeah. I was attracted to that instantly. I'm like, ooh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and do you have any upcoming projects besides the uh, what you've already stated? Yeah, I think that right now, a lot of it is going into the monthly workshops and my Facebook group. So that is where a lot of my energy is going right now is to creating that um, intimate community and providing as much value there and resources as I I can. If you do want to, um, I am looking at taking on a couple of clients, a couple more clients. So um, if anyone does want to work one on one, they can certainly reach out to me on Instagram or through the Facebook group. And I can certainly see if it would be a good fit. Okay, cool beans, cool beans. Anything else you want to add before we sign off? No, I just, I mean, I really want to thank you for chatting with me today. This was a lot of fun. I am very talkative and I love, I am a finance nerd meets spiritual junkie. So this is my jam. I nerd out to this. So you can imagine with all the GameStop stuff, I've been in heaven the last couple of days. I'm like, I get to tell everyone about this because everyone's actually interested. So I'm, what, yeah, thank you. Well, what is that game? I'm seeing that. Oh, goodness. What is it about? Okay, so I'm okay, let me see. So basically what happened is a hedge fund 
and this is something that's completely like le like legal like people can do as long as they're not illegally manipulating the market which i guess is kind of gray there but what's happening is is that a hedge fund is shorting and shorting is when you basically borrow stocks so let's say you borrow stocks from a company at five dollars a share and you sell them off at five dollars a share your hope is so you borrowed it so like you didn't give them any money you just borrowed it so all they want back is or let's say it was 10 stocks so they want 10 stocks back doesn't matter how much you pay from you just borrow 10 stocks well you borrowed them at five dollars a share you sell them off in the market at five dollars a share then you're hoping the stock will go down so you can buy them back 10 stocks at three dollars a share you give 10 stocks back to the company and now you've made a two dollar profit because you got to keep that difference you sold them for five dollars you bought them back for three dollars so that's what hedge the hedge fund was doing it was shorting the gamestop stock well, what happened then was the GameStop or a bunch of people on Reddit was like, holy crap, like they're shorting 150% of the stock. So they borrowed more shares than was actually truly available in the market. So what happens is that they're in a pickle if they can't buy those shares back at all at a, at a lower price. Like they borrowed 150% of what's available to buy because they were figuring GameStop was going to bankruptcy. Well, Wall Street Bets, the Redditors were like, hey, let's buy GameStop. So they started buying it. Well, what happens is they, as people buy it, it's supply and demand. People were willing to pay more for the price. So it just kept going up and up and up. Yeah. And you had a bunch of retail investors who were now buying it. Retail investors are people like you and me. We don't work for a company. We just trade for ourselves. So you had them buying it. Well, then it's Reddit. So you had a bunch of other people who are reading about it being like, oh, let's buy some GameStop. And I mean, it's amazing. So what was happening was as they were buying it, now these hedge funds were having to buy back in and purchase the stock because they had to have some kind of stock to deliver back to the company. And they were purchasing it, purchasing it as a, at a premium. So the stock went like whoop and uh, everybody went crazy for it. And then it became news and more and more people are buying and more and more people are getting in. And then what happened with the whole Robinhood fiasco is that you have a company that lost billions of dollars. You have another company that bailed that company out. Well, the company, I'll say it, Citadel, who bailed them out, also has ties to Robinhood. After they bailed that company out, Robinhood all of a sudden shut off trading of the GME stock as well as a couple of other um a couple of other ticker symbols that were quote unquote getting ready for a short squeeze. And the short squeeze is when the price of the stock skyrockets because people are shorting it. So that's pretty what, much what happened. And that's why people are very upset at Robinhood is because they didn't halt the stock altogether. That's something the New York Stock Exchange um, would do. They didn't do that. When instead it was this one company, Robinhood, deciding that we're not gonna let you buy more shares of the stock. There's talks that there might've been in cahoots I'm not saying they were. I'm just saying that Citadel was the company that bailed out the hedge fund losing billions. Citadel is also like 40% investor with Robinhood. What a coincidence. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so don't come for me. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying what I know. Um, but that's why people, a lot of retail investors are actually leaving Robinhood because they, in their mind, they limited the access to the uh, free trade of market. Hmm. 
Thanks. Yeah. I've seen it all on Twitter and I'm like, why is everybody talking about GameStop? Yes. <laughs> so I've been nerding out because I get to share that with everyone. I'm like, so let me, let's break this down here real quick. Because it was funny. I actually, my husband and bless his heart, like he works all day. So he didn't get to do it, see anything, but he came home and I'm like, have you seen GameStop? And he's like, yeah, Elon Musk tweeted about it. I'm like, no, that's not even what, why that stock went up. Let me break this down for you. Um, so yeah, so that's very like high level kind of wh- how it works and what happened and why it did that. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. What an interesting year thus far. And it's only I know. February. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, right? Like we're only two months in and it's, you know. Right. It's, it seemed like it's been an entire year so far. <laughs> Agreed. Yes. Well, Lynette, thank you so, so much for taking out the time to be on the BYLK platform today. I really had a great time and I'm learning. I learned some stuff like yeah. for real, I um, love it. about spending and just the thought pattern as with anything perspective is key. Yeah. It's how you view it and how you look at it. So thank you so much uh, for sharing your knowledge uh, with me and my listeners. And hopefully you guys got some great tidbits out of that. And if you need some additional one-on-one, contact Annette. She's there to help you. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd love to help. Yeah. Yes. And until next time, everyone, don't forget to be your own kind and to be kind to yourself and each other. Bye.